Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just banging on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet for this season. These guys have been in business for years, great reviews. they got a mobile site so you can bet, bet from your phone. Plenty of um, sports to bet on as well. And if you get didn't by, really, by a bet that you thought that you had, you can go and throw a live bet. Like, for instance, Penn State obviously was going to cover that minus 8.5 or minus 9. You could go in and um, place a live bet for Michigan to cover. And you're breaking even or, you know, making more. My book, my bookie has a uh, first deposit bonus, and a promo code chair, and you can get them. Your don't match your don't match your deposit. You put a hundred in, get a hundred back. My bookie, you bet win, get paid. Welcome in, you guys. It's a Pit Panther Rants, another sports random podcast. Watt Harris, or Watt Harris, I should say, as I call myself, come to you live from from home because I'm well. Actually, I'm off today. And it's raining like hell outside. I could have worked from home, but I'm not feeling well. I'm congested as hell, and yeah, it's just not going to happen. But I do have the energy to do a podcast, though. So, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. But uh, it's uh, it, it was a very – this past weekend was great. I mean, because Pitt won on Friday, and you had to rest the weekend to enjoy yourself. You didn't have to worry about college football at all on Saturday. Unless you're that really hard of about – uh, football rankings, which a lot of people seem to be upset about, that Pitt's not ranked, and I get it. They're five and two, and there's plenty of teams that are better. Or, or I'm not, I'm not saying better, but not as better as Pitt. And for some reason, they're ranked, and Pitt isn't. It is what it is. I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about the division. I'm worried about winning the division, and if Pitt keeps winning, and all things will take care of itself. But it was a great, uh, great time. I mean, um, if you look at um, what happened Friday, Heather. I mean, look at Heather. Heather, Heather likes um, retweet. You had Pitt men's soccer being Virginia. Pitt football winning. Pitt volleyball sweeps North Carolina, and they're just Pitt women's volleyball is just a fucking machine. Excuse my language. They're great. I mean, that's. It's. I mean, it's one thing to have your. You want to, you you always want your football and your basketball to be good, but Olympic sports. It's just. I mean, it's a better high. It's 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 a big high. And you know, being that we're in the ACC, maybe now we have more of an appreciation for Olympic sports now than we ever did, because because we need we need to have good Olympic sports now. I mean, that's just how it is. Pitt swim and dive beats uh, MSU. 
Pittman's basketball landed a big recruit. Actually, they landed two recruits this past week. We'll talk about that. And Pitt Women's Soccer won as well because uh, they also replied and said add Pitt Women's Soccer to the list. So all in all, it was a great you know great weekend for Pitt fans. A lot to be happy about. And hey, I mean, all that good stuff. Hey, I love it. So Pitt on Friday night, as you all know, they took on they took on their heated rival Syracuse. God, I just can't stand the orange man. God, oh wait, oh, wait, oh sorry, orange. I can't stand the orange. God, I'm glad we beat them. Screw the orange, or something like that. I don't know. I mean, we've played each other for a long time, but we've never really been a heated rivalry. I mean, we just—it's just like, hey, whatever. We're we're playing. We're playing. Yeah, awesome, great. But uh, Penn Syracuse will forever be linked in time due to the fact that they were both the two teams to get invited to ACC. They left the same day, or not so much. Well, yeah, they did leave the same day, but they but they the same day they. They accepted her invite, which was still one of the oddest sequence of events because that's when the expansion apocalypse was happening. You had A&M going to the SEC, Nebraska leaving to the Big Ten. I mean, initially the Big East was in danger, but then it became the Big 12 being in danger because Tex- the Texas schools were looking to get out. Or no, it wasn't so much Texas schools. It was Texas and Oklahoma looking to get out. And the Texas schools in that conference were scrambling. And there was talk of the remaining Big 12 schools going to merging with the Big East to form a power conference. Those were some good times. But I remember it was Friday, I think it was late Friday night the report came out that Pitt, Pitt was talking to the ACC. But I didn't, I didn't believe it because everything you heard was just, until you really know it's, it's really happening, you can't believe it. Because there was talk of pick joining the Big Ten, and that turned out to be a, a fake uh, internet message board rumor. But then that Saturday morning, it really heated up, and all of a sudden, I think by by halftime of our football of our football game, we played Iowa that day. I remember, I think it was Iowa. I think by halftime, I think we were already we already signed our papers and faxed them. Crazy stuff. I mean, I mean, we were. It was funny because Pitt was very quiet about the whole expansion thing. I mean, they were helping the Big East. I mean, they got TCU to join the Big East, but from their own standpoint, they were just very quiet about everything. And it was funny, you know, the seed come out out all of a sudden. The Pitt was, you know, joined the ACC. But as far as the game goes today. Or I should say Friday. Looking back today, looking back on Friday, Pitt's defense had a hell of a game. They had nine sacks. They uh, took out Tommy DeVito, and he got replaced by Cody Welch, who threw two touchdown passes and brought the Syracuse back into the game. Overall, the um, game itself it just it was badly officiated for one thing. I mean, all Syracuse had to do to keep a drive alive. All Syracuse really had to do was just throw the ball up for up for up for grabs, and Pitt was going to get flagged for something. Although, they, although the, you know, 
that fumble at the end that they reviewed and overturned helped us out a good bit. So thanks for that. But Kenny Pickett, 18 of 33, 203 yards, two touchdowns. Not too bad, not too bad of a stat line. AJ Davis, 16 carries, 103 yards, one touchdown. And Maurice French, six catches, 92 yards, one touchdown. As he, you know, he had some of a decent game. You know, Pitt had another had another hundred yard rusher. It's weird. They're they're running plays. I'm not sure what they're doing, but they keep throw, they keep they keep trying to throw Vlad Carter, and they try to run these delays, and they're just our offensive line can't protect enough to. Syracuse was just blowing them up. But obviously, obviously, one big concern is the fact that Syracuse knocked the hell out of Kenny Pickett. It's one thing we've we've talked about all you know all season so far is keeping him healthy because he's getting his ass kicked back there and he's got to play Miami this week and they're physical and it's going to be the same thing. They're going to kick his ass. I'm not sure how we fix that if we can at all. I mean, if anything, if it's too late, do we run the ball more if we can get a, establish a run or do we, Work on getting quick passes out to our, you know, out to receivers. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it just is what it is. And if anything, we got a quarterback that's ready because you know we at least have a quarterback with some game experience. And maybe it just maybe that's why Kenny Pickett didn't play against Delaware that day. They wanted to get the other guy reps and. I mean, you know, Nick Patty will be, you know, if Kenny's hurt, Patty's ready to go, and that's just that. But Pitt was up 24-6 at half, and obviously second half, offensively they moved the ball, but they just couldn't score any points. They scored only three points. Should have had a touchdown on one drive, which would have really put the game out of reach. They didn't. They suffered and end up having to go for a field goal. But I figured they would cover the three and a half, which they did. I, I figured at minimum they they win by a touchdown. And so it worked out for us. And then and then the day we, we win the game, we move on. Yeah, there, there was times where we almost could have pitted. Obviously, we were getting some... We were, we were getting some calls... Either they were bad calls or they were calls that were, you know, they were justified, but it was always this comedy of errors, but they got through it and here we are. We're five and two, we're moving on to Miami. Excuse me, I'm drinking coffee. Now, as far as the other pit news, pit hoops landed two uh, commitments this past week. So we'll look at those real quick. The first men on our list, a 2020 center from the Bronx. This is from Panther 24-7. They landed on a guy by the name of Max Amadson. Amadison. He's a 6'10 center from Our Savior Lutheran School in the Bronx. Uh, he, um, he had offers from UMass, Old Dominion, Penn State, Rhode Island, St. Louis, and St. John's. And if you look at that list, it's really not a bad 
Um, it's actually not a a bad offer sheet in terms of basketball. UMass obviously is you know they've always been an eight an eight ten you know traditional power. Old Dominion during the conference you would say they've been pretty good for the most part. They've done very well. Penn State, eh. Pat Chambers is recruiting them, so obviously they must like them. Ritter's Rhode Island. Rhode Island usually has good basketball. Same with St. Louis and same with St. John's. So there you go. So, I mean, that that offer sheet isn't too bad. But then they also got some help later that week. As they landed a 6'9 center from Cleveland by the name of John Hewley IV. And he plays on Toronto next year. He's one of the, I mean, this guy was a big prospect. According to 247sports.com, he was the number 14th center in the nation. He's the 117th overall prospect in the nation, one of the top centers in Ohio. The guy had offers from NC State, Miami, Florida State, Iowa, Penn State, Xavier, Dayton, Duquesne, and Kansas State. Pretty good offer sheet there. So. Pickett's help in the front Pickett's help in the front court, which is what they desperately needed. So things are shaping up. So fellas, good times are here. Enjoy them. Plenty of them. Alright, looking at the rest of the ACC weekend. Clemson knocked off Louisville 45 to 10. So the over in this game was 62, and I thought it would be a high scoring one, but Louisville couldn't do anything. Actually, neither team neither team could do anything. Then Clemson eventually woke up and blew them out. Boston College knocks out NC State. NC State's been having issues at the quarterback position. I figured they were going to take on Clemson this year, and it just doesn't seem like it. Boston College, they end their little skid. and I mean, this game wasn't even close. I mean, the thing about BC is they, they're... They can score, they just can't stop anybody. The big shocker from the, uh, actually two big shockers. The big shocker from ACC weekend, Georgia Tech knocks off Miami 20-21. I, I really wasn't surprised by this. Tech has been playing better as of late, and I figured they would cover, at least cover the 18.5 that they were getting. Well, they covered and then some. They beat Miami. Miami depends on which team shows up, and well... You saw which team showed up, and that was that. Virginia Tech knocks out North Carolina. So both those teams are three back of the of the Coastal. I wasn't surprised by this one either. Tech has, Tech's offense has been playing better as of late. But uh, yeah, North Carolina, they're three and four overall, two and two in the ACC. They're eventually going to get better under Mac Brown, at least you hope. Uh, Virginia destroys Duke 48-14. I figured uh, this game would be closer and if Duke would win it, but Virginia just took t- took them to the woodshed. And I think maybe uh, maybe Virginia's going to wake up. You know, that was a wake-up call after the Miami loss to get their act together. Wake takes out Florida State 22-20. That was a very underwhelming game in itself. And, geez, I'm not sure how, how things are, are going to, you know, Shape up with the Willie Taggart era. Look at the rest of the top 25. You had Ohio State knocking off Northwestern on Friday. That was the other game that was in parallel to uh, Pitt's game. 
and this made me laugh because every every time, every time ESPN cuts one update on this game, you would have thought Ohio State was playing like the was playing Bama or something. They kept making it sound like they kept making it sound like this game was was a tougher game than it really was, and it wasn't really tough at all. Ohio State, you know, Northwestern can't really score, and they blew them out. LSU knocked off at Mississippi State's 36-13. Joe Moore has been rumored to go, I guess, rumored to the um, Rutgers job. He's in year two, and people are already questioning his ability at Mississippi State. I mean, the guy's in freaking year two, and he has, you know, for one thing, he brought in Tommy Stevens. Hopefully, hopefully it would... It would solve whatever issues he had at quarterback this year, and it really hasn't. You know, it just you know it's going to be one of those down years for them. And LSU currently is a machine, and you know, one of those things. West Virginia got destroyed by Oklahoma, fifty-two to fourteen. That game never really, really was close. Jalen Hurts is having a hell of a season. I wasn't sure how he would pan out. At Oklahoma, but Lincoln Riley, he's, I don't know what he does with these quarterbacks, but no matter who he gets back there, they get results. Wisconsin loses to Illinois 24-23. Wisconsin was a 31-point favorite in this one, and I'm not sure what the hell happened with this game, but this is one of those vintage Paul Chris games where he loses. I mean, we saw this at Pitt, you guys. You all saw this as well when when Chris was the coach. He would lose the most what the what the fuckiest of games on the planet. Well, I mean, you know, for one thing, there was the there was Youngstown State to, to, to start his uh, tenure at Pitt, but he would um, he would he, he would lose the you know the. The weirdest games, and he would find the weirdest of ways to lose them. I mean, I think by you know the the Houston Bowl game, I was ready for them to be gone. By you know, I didn't want them coming back to Pittsburgh. I wanted them on a separate flight to wherever the hell they were gonna you know be at. I didn't want them back at Pitt. That was ridiculous how we lost that game. But yeah, we always found creative ways to lose games, and plus. Not so much blow them but lose them. I mean, look at Georgia. Look at that Georgia Tech game where we were down twenty nothing to start this start to start the game. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was the. I mean, that's the first day we brought the pit script back on the helmets, I believe. But we always had these weird and wacky ways of losing of games under him, and it's carried on. It's. I mean, it's carried on in Wisconsin, obviously. Penn State knocks off Michigan twenty to twenty one. Here's the thing about this game is Michigan controlled the ball for most of it and they controlled the tempo of it most of the game. The problem with Michigan is they don't have KJ Hamler on their on their team. If it wasn't for that throw to from um, that late throw from Sean Clifford to KJ Hamler for the touchdown, Michigan probably wins this game. And they probably would have won it if the you know, if the receiver would have caught the ball and enforced overtime. They probably win that game as well. 
Or they would have got one more possession and won the game. But um, I know people harp on Jim Harbaugh, but I think you need to give him more time, especially with Josh Gaddis as his coordinator. He knew he knew what plays to dial up with Penn State. Although towards the end there was some you know questions what he was doing, but overall Michigan didn't play that bad of a game. Penn State should win by more, but uh, initially they were up big and Michigan recovered and almost won this game. Look at the rest of them. You have the Pac-12. Oregon knocks off Washington 35-31. A lot of people had Washington winning this game. But Oregon, and they were winning, but Oregon came back. Then you had Utah being Arizona State 21-3. So, yeah, so much for Herm Edwards. Uh, Texas beats Kansas 50-48. And thank God they won that game because if they would have lost it, people have been calling for, you know, for, uh, for Tom Herman to be gone. Baylor moves on, and Baylor's undefeated in the uh, in the Big Twelve, and that's our team to watch out for. Minnesota is seven zero and four zero in Big Ten play right now. They they lead the Big Ten West right now since uh, since Wisconsin lost. I'm not sure what to make of Minnesota, but if you're a Minnesota fan, you probably love this. Missouri lost to Vanderbilt. That was a big loss. But then again, that pretty much wraps up the top 25. Um, as far as the rest of this you know, weekend goes, the Steelers were off. They're furthermore behind in the AFC North race. Is um, Baltimore knocked off um, Seattle yesterday. And, of course, a lot of people, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson has room to improve. But I think one thing you can say about him is he's making plays and he's winning games. I mean, his um, his passing stats have been all that great. But he makes plays when he needs to, and at the end of the day, he's, they're five and two and they're winning games. I was I was I'm I don't know how bad Atlanta's falling off. They're now like one in five, one in six now. They're very. They have a lot of talent on offense. I'm just not sure what the hell happened with them. I mean, th- I mean that Patriots, that Patriots Super Bowl just broke them. And of course, you saw uh, Aaron Donald. I mean, that the new look came when Aaron Donald got a you know miss you know a little scuffle with a Falcons player, and Aaron Donald picked him up and carried the guy. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna close out here. I'm. I think my medication's kicking in. I'm half asleep. But uh, enjoy the rest of the week. I'll talk to you uh, Thursday when I'm more coherent. As this is a short podcast because there's not much, you know, much to talk about. Oh, well, guys. Hell to pit. Talk to you later.